Hey friends, and welcome to this completely unedited and mostly unscripted episode 210 of It's About Time. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, currently recording this episode on my phone using voice memos in my hotel room in Point Clear, Alabama. If you're a regular listener, if you're a regular listener to It's About Time, you know this is not a normal thing. Um, episodes typically go live like clockwork on Monday mornings, and I know a lot of you even have a weekly podcast routine that includes watching, listening to this show on a certain day. So I apologize if this episode coming out a few days late has disrupted your routine. Since this is such a unique situation, I'd love to tell you why I'm recording an unedited episode from my phone in Alabama. So here's the thing. I typically record my episodes a few weeks and at the very least a few days in advance, but the month of January has been a doozy. It has been wild. The way the holidays fell, my girls, who both go to daycare while my husband and I work from home, well, they've been out of school a lot this month. Um, First, it was for the end of the Christmas holidays, and then came Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Then there were two more days out for cold weather, and at this point, my husband and I have had a total of seven actual working days in the month of January, and it's January 22nd. So if you don't count the days I've been traveling for speaking engagements, I've only had four, four days at my desk so far this entire year. So don't get me wrong, I have loved the time that I've had with my girls. We've built forts, we've played Barbies, we've made crafts, all the things. But four days at my desk has taken a little bit of a toll on my regular schedule and my regular rhythm and routines, Um, which is how I find myself currently recording an episode on my phone in a hotel room. So I'm in the middle of a little bit of, I guess you could call it a speaking sprint right now. I knew that January was going to be tough, but I didn't quite realize how tough it was going to be. I also knew that January was going to be amazing in other ways. And so far, it has absolutely exceeded my expectations. So here's what I mean. So last week, I flew from New Orleans to Houston, where I spent three days and gave two workshops in those three days to the board of directors of the Junior League of Houston. And I loved every single minute of it. They're amazing. They're so much fun. It's They were just an exceptional group of women. Um, first came a Myers-Briggs personality workshop on Thursday. Um, if you didn't know, in addition to being a time management coach, I am a certified Myers-Briggs practitioner. So that means that I am licensed to give the Myers-Briggs Um, type indicator assessment so you can find out more about your personality type. And this is the one that's the ENTJ or the ISTP. It's the four-letter one. Um, So that was on Thursday. And then on Sunday was a second training that was all about how to be the visionary in your life and to build your visionary toolbox and to make more time to step into that forward-thinking, goal-oriented planning mode that really drives how we spend our time. Loved it. Amazing. Oh, and then they were so kind to treat me to lunch at the um, the tea room at the Junior League of Houston headquarters, which was amazing. If you're ever in Houston and have the opportunity to stop and have lunch there, make sure you get the orange rolls and the taco salad was also amazing. Um, but on Saturday afternoon, I flew from Houston back to New Orleans and then picked up a pink and purple bicycle with hot pink handlebar streamers from Academy on my way home 
And once I got home after my about hour long drive, I finished up last minute birthday party prep. So my oldest daughter, Camilla, is turning five this week. And so we planned a Barbie birthday party for her at the local trampoline gym. And we were all so excited. We'd all been looking forward to it for months, hyping it up and just generally getting excited about her party. On Sunday morning, I woke up and we finished some last minute birthday party prep. We unwrapped pink heart sunglasses for party favors. We printed out little welcome signs and we got Millie all dressed up in her new rainbow sequin jacket and her hot pink pants. But my youngest, Elizabeth, we call her Bitsy. Bitsy just seemed off. She was cranky. She was kind of whiny. She wanted to be picked up constantly and she just wasn't her typical self. I call Bitsy our Sour Patch Kid. First, she's sour, then she's sweet. She's a little sassafras and she's so precious. And part of me was wondering if she was struggling with Millie getting a lot of attention for it being her birthday party day, but it just seemed off. And so we checked her fever just in case. And it was 104. I mean, instantly, all of our ideal birthday party dreams came crashing down. And in that moment that I read the numbers on the thermometer, my heart sank because my mental picture of all four of us jumping together and holding hands and laughing and having an amazing time, it wasn't going to happen. They were gone. All those, the expectations, the anticipation, it was just all gone. And a split second later, I launched into what can only be described as crisis mode. Y'all know I spent about 10 years working in the 24-7 world of crisis communication. So I am very familiar and accustomed to what it's like to enter, to encounter a problem and then have to instantly launch into problem-solving mode. But it's a little bit different when the crisis you're handling is your youngest daughter's 104 degree fever the day of your oldest daughter's fifth birthday party. So what did we do? Well, I called my mom. My mom, who was driving four and a half hours to come to her party. I figured that, well, if she came to the party for 30 minutes... Then she could leave and head to our house and stay with Elizabeth, with Bitsy, so that Scott could then come to the party. I didn't, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, my, it was absolutely heartbreaking. Bitsy and Scott stayed behind. Bitsy was curled up in a little ball on our bed watching Super Kitties on TV. And Camilla and I finished getting dressed and we left together. I got to the party place. I got everything set up with the help of family and friends. And the entire time I tried so hard to be in the moment and to put on a happy face for Millie and to welcome all of her guests and just to keep my spirits up while also being so sad that Elizabeth couldn't be there and that Scott was missing it. And when I realized that he wasn't going to make it that he wasn't going to make it in time to be there to sing happy birthday and see her blow out her candles, I wanted to cry. Thankfully, I had friends who took photos and took video and they were generally amazing and so helpful until Scott finally arrived. I told a friend the other day, 
That's what villages are for. To celebrate with you in the good times and to support you through the tough times. And I'm very grateful for my village. When Scott arrived and found Millie in this super crowded, crazy trampoline gym place, bouncing around with her friends, he ran up to her and gave her a big hug and she was absolutely elated, elated, full of joy. It was so awesome to see. She was so excited that he finally made it and I just, I felt so relieved. Um, we had an amazing time together. We jumped we, we played, we laughed, we, you know, ate the, the leftover cupcakes, um, and we hung out until they kicked us out of our party room so they could clean up for the next one. So we packed everything up and we headed home. And then we spent a few hours at home with family and friends, opening gifts, spending time together. We surprised Millie with her first bike, the one that I picked up on my way home from the airport, the one with the hot pink handlebar streamers. And Bitsy was feeling a little bit better. Her fever was on and off. And then after everyone left, we went straight into cleanup mode. We were picking up tissue paper. We were putting away presents. We were unboxing new Barbies. And then, finally, after the girls had baths and stories were read, I crashed. I crashed hard. All of the emotions I felt the roller coaster whirlwind of feelings, they finally all came out. You know, so often when we have to show up in a big way, taking, taking care of and worrying about one sick child while trying to salvage an amazing experience for another, being a hostess, all after three days of being away from home, a lot of times we just kind of press, press pause on our feelings to just kind of get through it, you know? And, you know, it wasn't as if I climbed underneath the covers and then felt this emotional rush. Instead, I just kind of laid there for a while. And I almost felt like this, like, pent-up ball of energy. Like, I was an inch away from crying, but, but I, but I wasn't crying. And it was just, it was just really, I don't know, weird. Um, and then Scott, my husband, and my podcast editor, came in to check on me and he asked me, what are you going to do about tomorrow's podcast episode? And that's when the floodgates opened. I told him through tears, I can't do it. I can't do it. My brain is broken. I, I just, I don't have enough in me to figure out an episode for tomorrow. The day hadn't gone as planned and it was, it was still uniquely wonderful, but I just couldn't think any more thoughts. I was done. I was done. And I'm telling you all of this for a few reasons. First, I wanted to share the full uncensored real reason why there wasn't an episode on Monday morning as usual. Second, I want to completely remove any assumptions that I am some kind of perfect time management person, that being a time management coach and having written a book about time management somehow means that I am perfect at everything all the time. Y'all, none of us are. No one can do everything all the time. But you know what we can do? We can do the most important thing at any given moment. And for me, the most important thing that I could do with my Sunday was being there for my sick girl 
and being there for my birthday girl in the best way that I could. And that meant that there wasn't anything left for the podcast. And so I rested. I even told Scott, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. My business isn't going to implode. All of my subscribers aren't going to automatically unsubscribe if I get an episode out late. I'm pretty sure they'll understand. And I hope that if you're listening and you are putting any kind of pressure on yourself to do everything perfectly, to show up for everyone and everything all the time, please know that you don't have to. You can show up the best way you can for the things that are most important to you. If you've got the right people in your village, they'll support you. And if you've got the right people in your corner, they'll understand. And I'm thankful to have you in my corner. So go find your village, find your people, and please Don't be afraid to show up imperfectly, unedited, uncensored. The world needs you to show up as you are because you never know how just being yourself can impact and empower somebody else. So that's it. That's the episode. A perfectly imperfect episode recorded on my phone in a hotel room in Alabama. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll be back next week with another episode of It's About Time. I'll see you soon.